Hi everyone. Welcome to the Koinonia Church Message Library. Our hope is that today's message encourages you, challenges you, and brings you closer to Jesus. We are confident that God's Word is living and active and is relevant for us today. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the message. Well, I do believe, I believe we have a right now word for this morning. I believe we have a right now word out of James chapter 5. Believe it or not, this is the final message in our series on the study of the book of James. But before I go there, I want to let you know about some exciting news about KCA. KCA is our Koinonia Christian Academy, our Christian school. It's been around for 25 years. It is grades JK all the way up to grade 8. And Pastor Dave, who is our principal of the school, he and I have an exciting uh, announcement to make on Tuesday night. Tuesday night, so I want to invite you, our church community, to come online on a Zoom call. Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Go to kcf.life slash kca. And you will see the Zoom link there. And we would love you to come on even for 15 minutes to hear this announcement. Because it affects our whole community as a church as well. We are so thankful for the school that we have that brings life into this building five days of the week. <laughs> and brings lots of kids who are studying and focusing on Jesus while they learn their academics. And I want you to know as well, is there any parents in the room? Any grandparents listening online? There is room for the fall. There's more room for enrollment. So get ready for some excitement of what's coming in our announcement on Tuesday night. But let me take us into our final message this morning on the study of the book of James. And as, as I come to this, I'm reminding you of where we were last week. Pastor Nathan took us into uh, the, 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 the last part of chapter 4, beginning of chapter 5. Do you remember what the title was called of last Sunday's message? Did you stay focused on seeking it for throughout your week? It was finding freedom. Pastor Nathan brought out the teaching about finding freedom and out of James' message from James chapter 4. And it was a, it was a message I needed to hear last Sunday. But I still needed to apply it all week long. And I still needed it for this morning. <laughs> Where God really pressed it into my heart last Sunday morning. Why I, Brian, needed to hear about the pursuit of finding freedom. Is because I realized God showed me I was taking some things into my own control. And not giving them back to God. And that message was about yielding to God. Humbling ourselves. And when we do, we're essentially giving the control back to God so that he can show up and do what he wants. And so for me in my life, part of what I was taking control of was our reopening of in-person services. I was thinking about all the details and how to put it together, and, and I was stressing out. <laughs> and then God said to me last weekend, he said, hey, you're stressing out because you're taking control. Give my service back to me. Sounds kind of ironic that I wouldn't have thought of that right away, right? But when I yielded it to God and all the details and the complexities that were involved, the peace that settled in. Did you experience that this past week? Of finding freedom when you walk humbly with God. Our study in James has really brought some practical teaching and lessons for us to apply every day. I was talking to a brother this week. And he shared with me, well maybe it was a confession, that he used his thumbs to communicate some earthly wisdom this past week. Do you remember that message in James? 
And he said, man, I, I got to redo that a different way. <laughs> During this series, I've heard many conversations of people saying that the insights the Holy Spirit gave you and taught you at the end of the service, you continue to walk that out and learn from throughout the week. And that is so inspiring to hear. I've got one more example from our study in James. I was invited into a real estate conversation this week, and it was exciting to be involved. <laughs> one of our 2020s was the real estate agent, and she came to the house to show a group of us, and, and she came with knowledge of the market and the situation and all that was happening. And the house was one of those real fixer-uppers. It was going to need a whole lot of sweat and energy put into it. But as we were dialoguing about it, what our real estate agent said to us because of the, the, the demand that's within the market and how quickly houses are selling, she said, even though this house is listed for 400000 you probably should put an offer in at 600000 And so we were kind of contemplating this and looking at what the house would need and all that was involved. And in the moment, one in the group said, we are going to need God's heavenly wisdom. They were pulling from the teaching of James. They said, we need the Spirit to lead us. And what is the number, the, the dollar amount that we should put in for an offer? And so these are practical ways, everyday experiences, where we can take what we've learned from studying James, what James learned from studying the teachings of his brother Jesus, and we can apply to our lives. Are you with me? Do you agree? Let's go to James uh, chapter 5 this morning. And see how this text is applicable still for us to walk out this week, but this month, and the rest of this year. And really, I personally feel that James chapter 5 kind of ends abruptly. It brings a quick end to the book. But I think what he covers in the, the verses that we'll look at this morning do give us a summary of all that he's taught us. After this morning, we're going to be finished with the series. But can I encourage you in something? Don't be finished with the book of James. Let it continue to feed into your spirit and soul and teach you. Take what he has taught us and keep walking it out. This morning's message is entitled, Patience Under Pressure. Patience Under Pressure. Just think about that for the moment and see if it really applies to today and now. We're going to look at three areas of pressure in our lives or that James specifically identifies. He talks about pressure and having patience when it comes to suffering. He talks about having patience under pressure when it comes to the word we use, our words of commitment. And then he talks about having patience under pressure when we pray. Have to see how that lands, but we'll come to that verse. But, you know, we often, out of our human uh, way of doing things, we often look for a formula that will give us the results that we want. Do you know what I'm talking about? A plus B should equal C. So if I do A and somebody else does B, then we're going to get the result of C. And, you know, we sometimes come to Scripture with that mentality, is if I just insert a formula in here, or we go looking in Scripture, we go looking in the book of James and say, where's the formula? Because if I can find it, then my life is going to be easier. If I can find the formula James is saying here in chapter 5, then I'm not going to have any problems. <laughs> well, that's, that's not even true, all right? Math does work in life, 
But let's come to the truth and see what the truth speaks to us first. We're coming to chapter 5, starting at verse 7. Patience under pressure in the context of suffering. Look at verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. James was speaking to his audience, his readers, his listeners. I believe God was speaking through James to you and I with a message that was relevant for us to be patient and be patient under the pressure of suffering that we might experience in life. And some of that suffering comes due to our circumstances, due to the situations that we find ourselves into in, in each day. The immediate recipients of this teaching from James were the, the Jews and, and the people who were scattered, the, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, he said in verse 1, chapter 1. They had lost their homes. They had to move away from what was familiar. Those were uncertain times for James' listeners. These are uncertain times still for us today. For them, Jesus had been alive. He died he was buried, he rose, and he resurrected into heaven. And the people were left wondering, what now? You know, is Jesus coming back soon? And James goes into this illustration about a farmer. And if he's talking about a farmer and farming, some of you know who have experienced it or had relatives who have been farmers, you know things don't happen quickly on the farm, do they? Planting a crop, praying for rain, asking God for sunshine— You've got to wait for those autumn and spring rains to ripen the crop and for it to grow. James is giving us context that when we, our circumstances cause and bring some suffering, it could take some seasons before we get through that suffering. Therefore, to have, persevere under the pressure and have patience within it. James actually says to us, be patient and stand firm. The Lord's return is actually near. Huh. I remember reading that verse when I was younger in my faith and thinking, well, James, you got, you got that verse wrong. Like it's been 2,000 years since you said that and Jesus hasn't returned. And then God does this little thing inside of Brian and he gives a revelation and he goes, Brian, do you remember that a day is like a 1,000 years and a 1,000 years is like a day to me? And then Brian goes, oh, right. It's only been two days for God since James said this. The Lord's return is coming soon. But James also continues on in verse 9. And he says, you may experience suffering when others attack you. Or maybe it's because you're causing suffering by attacking others. He talks about grumbling. And he says, don't grumble against each other, brothers. Don't grumble against each other or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Still the circumstances that they were going through, the suffering was the people that had oppressors that were oppressing them. But you know when you get oppressed and agitated, you start to get a little edgy and you start to grumble and complain to those who are around you. And so even though it might be in your same family, in your same church, James is saying don't grumble to each other when you're under the pressure of this type of suffering. 
he continues on into verse 10. And he gives some examples of suffering. He said, the prophets of long ago, they had patience in the face of suffering. Essentially, what I'm hearing James say is, Let, learn from those prophets. Let them mentor you and teach you. Because they experienced some incredible things. And we have much to learn from them. The message version of this verse says, Take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything. They went through everything. And they never once quit. Man, that sinks into me when I hear that. They put up with anything. We sometimes think we have it hard. Read about some of the days that the prophets had to live through. They went through everything. You can read it in Hebrews chapter 11. There's a summary account. And they never once quit. Because they continued to honor God through the, the, the pressure that they were experiencing. James actually gives Job as an example. And we love to, to go back to Job, don't we? Because we love to bring our formula and place it on Job. And say, look what God did with Job. Job plus suffering equals God's blessing. And we think, well then, that's how it should go for us. What James is saying is, come and learn from the, the, the prophets of the past. They didn't come with an expectation on God of, okay, I'm going to suffer but God, your part is you better bless me. That was not the approach that the prophets had. And James is calling us to learn. Don't evaluate these words and put them into human formulas that puts our expectation on God to fulfill things the way we want. If there's any math teachers listening in this morning, I'm not knocking formulas, okay? I enjoy math. I really do. But when it comes to God, we're to come to his truth and allow him to speak by his spirit. So that as we come, we come yielding and saying, God, I humble myself before you. It's way too easy for us to come and saying, God, if you do this, then I'll do this. And then demand from God what we want to see him do. We are to come to God under the pressure of the situations we're in, suffering, hardship, whatever it might be, say, Father, I'm fixing my eyes on you. Because with you, I know that your Savior brings me life and brings me victory. Let me come to verse 12. Patience under pressure when it comes to our words, our words of commitment. And this verse might actually seem like it's a bit of a one-off in the moment. Like you're kind of reading through the chapter and then you're like, okay, suffering, get it, understand, prophets, understand. But, but now he's talking about our words. Above all else, brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. And you think, what? Where, where do these words come from? What's the, where do they fit in? But come back to the context of the book of James. He's speaking to his audience, to the people who are listening, to the people like us down through time. But in the, in the midst of the initial readers and listeners to James' teaching, the people were clearly suffering. They had been sent away from their home city of Jerusalem. They had been scattered among the nations, verse 1 says. 
he goes into chapter 1, do you remember it, where he said, uh, consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds. He was speaking to people who are going through trials and suffering. This is the context that verse 12 here fits in the midst of. He's coming and he's saying to us, verse 12 starts with, above all else. I'm going to insert verse 12. So don't ignore verse 12. If it makes you uncomfortable, don't just delete it from your Bible, all right? James, for some reason, said, above all else, I want to bring this to you. Think about it in your own context for a moment. What emotions, what feelings, what thoughts do you go through when you're under suffering, under pressure, uncomfortable? Do you start to have fear at first? Then maybe a little bit of exasperation. Then frustration sets in and you begin to lose some of your focus because you're, how long am I going to put up with this? And I think James's audience, in their exasperation, were doing this very thing. And they are saying things like, for God's sake, just listen to me. Or, I swear to God, I will... I don't know what exactly they were saying, but James put the brakes on and he said, stop. Stop swearing by heaven or earth. Stop swearing in God's name like it's going to make you more holy or make your word more fulfilling. He was coming down to it and he's saying, be people of integrity. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. James is saying no amount of suffering should cause us to abuse God's name or misuse it. Listen to the Passion Translation. It says, but instead, we must be so full of integrity that our yes or our no is convincing enough. And we do not stumble into hypocrisy. There's so much depth here in what James brings us. So much practicality in what James brings us. Patience under pressure. What happens, friends, to your words when you are under pressure? Are you tempted to compromise those words? Are you tempted to use words that would make your mother embarrassed? <laughs> would make your heavenly father saddened? What happens when your attitude is under pressure? Are you still a person of integrity? Or do you compromise because, no, the pressure's on, so it's okay that I adjust? What happens to your integrity when you're under pressure? What happens to your honor of others and your honor of God when you are under pressure? It is in these times that we learn to become mature and complete. James chapter 1, verse 4. It's in these times that we need heavenly wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5. It is in these times when we want our tongues and our thumbs to be led by the Holy Spirit and not react out of unharnessed emotion. Can I hear an amen online or in person? James chapter 3. I want you to know that James is not just picking out stuff out of his pocket or out of thin air and saying, this sounds kind of godly. Maybe I'll give it to them. And James is giving us stuff that he heard his brother Jesus articulate. He heard his brother download from heaven from our heavenly father and give to the people of that day. That's what James is giving back in a context to all of us. Look it up if you're, if you're not sure. Matthew 5, 37. It's where Jesus said 
all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. Those were Jesus' words. Go to Matthew 21 and you will hear about Jesus talking about being under pressure in prayer and having faith when we pray. Let me bring us to our third point in James in the last part of chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. The context here is patience under pressure in prayer. Have you ever felt so much pressure that you had to go pray? Have you ever felt so much pressure while you're praying that I just need to come up with an answer? (laughs) It's like you're pleading with God, just give me something. Well, maybe what James is speaking here will bring some insight for you. Patience under pressure in prayer. In the remaining seven verses of chapter 5, James reveals seven times that our pray, when our patience could be under pressure and tested when we're praying. Check it out. Check out where pressure comes when we pray. He says this. He says, if any of you are in trouble, you should pray. If any of you are happy, you should sing songs of praise or your prayers be filled with praise. If any of you are sick, you should call on the elders and leaders to come and anoint you and pray. If you are in need of greater faith, you should be praying. When you have sinned, there's an opportunity to pray. There's a prayer of confession, James mentions. And then he talks about praying for one another. Seven different aspects that we might feel pressure put on us. And I do think these seven verses are very tempting for you to bring your formulas back and say, okay, I want to learn about prayer, and I'm going to pick out what James says, and I'm going to plug it into my formula, and then I'm going to get the results that I want. Set your formulas aside. Have you heard that enough this morning? (laughs) But if there's any students listening in this morning, you still need to do math homework, all right? It still applies this afternoon. But come in here to where James is in the context of under pressure when we're in prayer. And we come to verses like verse 14, where he says, If anyone's sick, call the elders and leaders to come and anoint you with oil and pray for you. What happens then if the outcome is not healing from that prayer? Is it a problem with our elders? (laughs) Maybe it's a problem with the oil. Is it a problem with the recipient? Let's set our formula aside. He says, when you're under pressure and you're sick, call the leaders to come and pray. Verse 15, as we read verse 15, it says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. What if the person doesn't get well? Was the prayer not offered in faith? Was it the problem with the sick person? Get rid of your formulas. The second half of verse 15 introduces forgiveness. Leads into verse 16 and talking about confession of sins to each other. And then you will be healed. So if we confess our sins, so if I confess my sin to my brother, then surely that's going to bring me my healing. So my brother prays, I confess my sin, and he prays, and and I'm not healed yet. So do I have more sin I'm hiding, and that's why I'm not healed? Was his prayer not valid and, and good for me? That's what the second half of verse 16 says. Is the prayer of a power, that, is, of a, that is powerful and effective comes from a righteous person. What if the prayer, there's no results that is powerful and effective? Is the person not righteous? Set your formulas aside. We feel enough pressure when we come to pray that we're to yield to the Spirit and say, God, 
I need you to speak in the midst of this because my humanness wants to bring my earthly wisdom in and figure you out. What James is definitely teaching us is to come and pray. Pray for one another. Pray on your best days when you're happy. Pray on your worst days when you are sick and can't get out of bed. Prayer is to be active and we're to be intentional in it. How we pray does not dictate how God will answer. Do you remember the issue of what the topic is? Patience uh, under pressure. The farmer illustration and waiting for spring and autumn rains. Sometimes when we pray, we're going to need to wait for God and his timing and how he wants to respond. Mustering up our faith is not the ticket for healing. If I'm just louder, stronger, or whatever it might be, is that will bring about the answer to prayer. No, God calls us to pray still when we're under pressure and wait on him. Jesus is the one who makes us righteous. Jesus is forever interceding for us on our behalf to the Father. So we know that our prayers will be heard. We know it's not about our level of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to become sin for us so that we might be made righteous in God's sight. So we're righteous. And that nothing that our prayer isn't determining whether we're righteous or not. Friends, I share this with you in this way because patience in prayer is big. Is there anyone in the room that has experienced that journey? Yeah, raise your hand. If you're online, yeah, there's people raising their hands all around here. If you're online, just say, oh yeah, I agree. Patience in prayer is big. But it's interesting, James then uses Elijah as an example. And he says, look at Elijah. (laughs) He's as human as you and I are. That's something you hear me often say. James said it first. He says, Elijah's as human as as you and I are. And he even prayed one time and it didn't rain for three days. And then he prayed and the rains came. So you would think if it's based on our righteousness, holiness, or our spiritual uh, esteemed position, like Elijah had as a prophet, that James would be teaching us to become like Elijah. Why didn't James teach the the farmers in verse 6 to just pray the Elijah prayer? Just pray with more oomph. Just pray longer. Pray harder. Because that's not the formula. James is calling us to be patient under pressure and to continue to pray and trust God. And then his chapter ends abruptly. (laughs) There you go. You got everything you need. But James, you haven't given us the solution to the formula. (laughs) There's no answers in the back of the textbook that, oh, we already have them. God has given us everything we need in Jesus Christ. James knew that through and through as he observed his brother as his brother and then as his savior and as his Lord. Would you agree? That's the context that we're coming into and that James is finishing with. Even in the situation in the last two verses that involve a brother or sister who's left faith in God, who's gone astray. James gives some ideas there for if you bring them back, then you're sparing, saving them from a lot of sin. That's true. But sometimes we interpret that if we don't do anything, then we're guilty and we're going to be left out of heaven because we haven't done our part. Once again, set your formulas aside. 
God, we come to you wanting to have patience under the pressure of all these situations. If ever we need patience under pressure, it is now. If ever there's a time in our lives we need patience during trials, it is now. If ever we, as a church body, a gathering together of people who have common faith in God, if ever we need patience and humility with one or another, it is now. If ever there is a season that we should invite the Spirit of Christ inside of us to form the words that come out of us, it is now. If ever there is a crisis bigger than us, needing us to humble ourselves and give God control and seek his heavenly wisdom, it is now. If ever there is a time we feel under pressure and that a divine outpouring of patience and suffering in our integrity, in prayer is needed, it is now. We need all that James is unfolding for us so that we can walk out the fullness of a faith and relationship with God. This is the moment now when we wrap up the message in the series and we get ready to finish the service. And if you're watching your clock saying, yeah, I'm guessing there's probably five minutes left. Don't rush the last five minutes of our time together. We're about to take 30 seconds of those five minutes for just to be quiet and for you to ask God, God, where am I experiencing pressure in my life? Where are you bringing this counsel from James of having patience under pressure? Is it an area where I'm suffering? Is it an area of my words that I haven't figured out yet? Is it an area of prayer? Where's the pressure hitting me? And I'm going to give you a few moments just to listen to the heart of God. Is it your finances that you feel the pressure? Is it the area of routines or restrictions because of the guidelines? you feel too much uncomfortable pressure? Is it relationships with people who are close to you? People you have to do life with? People you want to do life with, but they don't want to do life with you anymore? Is that where you're feeling the pressure? Is it with those who aren't getting it when it comes to the pandemic and all that's involved and you're just at the end of your rope? Where do you need patience? Let me lead us into prayer and you listen to the Spirit speak to your heart. Father God, here we are at the end of the book of James. Thank you for bringing some teaching through Jesus' brother James, a leader of the church in Jerusalem, but a brother to us. Father, we're not closing the book at the end of this chapter. We're inviting your spirit to speak into our lives. Would you speak to us, for those participating online, those here in person? Holy Spirit, where are we under pressure that you want to speak into that area of our lives this morning?
Father God, right here, right now, we want to experience your resurrecting life. We want to experience the wholeness, the fullness of the power of the resurrection, of you raising Jesus from the grave. That same power, we are told, is alive in us through the, your spirit. Father, we invite you to bring victory, increase patience in the areas that we're under pressure. We trust you with our lives, God. We put our faith in you through Jesus. And we thank you that your spirit is alive in us today. We will go into this week, God, continuously with our eyes wide open and fixed on you and with the, your truths of heavenly wisdom, godly patience, human humility, being what we walk out with you so that we can experience the full harvest of what you're doing in our lives and in the lives of people around us. Father, we praise you today. It's been a good day and it's gonna continue into this week with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit sink today's message into your heart, to let it transform you and bring new life. If you want to learn more about Koinonia, you can go to kcf.life to get connected. Thank you for being a part of our community. If today's message encouraged you, we would love for you to rate it and review it and share it with a friend. We love you. Let's continue to build God's kingdom together.